I'm Johnson. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Sober since December 19th, 1982, and for that I'm awful grateful. I, uh, I want to thank the committee for asking me to come and share with you again after 10 years. Vince and I was talking about just a second ago. It was 10 years ago that we, I guess we were set the first one. And uh, both of our wives were here then, if I remember right, but they quit us already. So, you know, tell, tell <laughs> yours. Yours is sincere. Yeah, mine's faking it. She's, my, mine's got a button that you push and uh, she coughs, you know. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I, I digressed already, didn't I? Uh, it, it's an honor and a privilege to speak anywhere in Alcoholics Anonymous, but I, I really appreciate being asked back. It's a, um, a lot of people here that I know and love. Uh, the, this bunch here has been a, it's been a group that has changed the face of Alcoholics Anonymous in Montana. It really has, and I appreciate what you guys are doing. I really do. I, I happen to be a member of one that I think does the same thing. Causes hate and discontent and mostly growth as we go through life. And, and Vince belongs to one just like that, too, I believe. And I've heard a few derogatory remarks, and I love them all. It's, a, it's an amazing deal that uh, we get to do this. Uh, uh, <laughs> you think about this for just a minute. It's St. Patty's Day. Yeah. Normally, by St. Patty, by this time on St. Patty's Day, I was relatively safe because I'd be in a corner completely passed out. <laughs> so, so the night I get to be uh, basically uh, sober and somewhat sane, and, and uh, I get to share my experience, strength, and hope with the with the folks in this room. And hopefully, uh, if you're new here tonight and you're feeling like you're you're being cheated out of St. Patty's. That's too bad. <laughs> I got I got really 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 good news for you. If you're new and you're thinking your life is over, <laughs> uh, you ain't started yet. You haven't started yet. If you're a guy like me, if you're a guy like me, I, uh, I, well, I'll back up a little bit before I get right into my recovery. I always like some people that talk about, well, I don't want to talk about my drunkalog tonight. I just want to talk about recovery, and then they talk for an hour and a half about the drunkalog. <laughs> but uh, I did drink, and I drank more than I should, and uh, I, uh, uh, I, I think uh, one of the things that, that, I, that I really want to always remember is the way I felt the last day I drank. And, and the last day I drank, I woke up, in, and, and I know there's, there's a lot of people in this room that have heard my story over and over and over again, and it's just, that's all I got. That's all I got is what happened to me. Uh, I, I was going to tell somebody else's story, but I, <laughs> Spencer's here. Maybe I can tell his. He's got a flashy one. I heard that last or night before last. But all I have is, uh, you know, this is what happened to me. And what happened to me is on, on December 18th, the day before I got sober, I woke up in the basement of a friend's house. And, and uh, you know how we wake up just, you know, God, I hated that. You know, you just, it's just like you're sucking air right off the bat and you're trying. And the thing is, your mind just kicks into high gears right off the bat. And you're trying to figure out what it is and, that you've been doing, you know, because I, I had this period of time. And the last time I got, I remember going for bed on Thanksgiving Day, and it's December 18th. Something, you know, there's like a gap there. I, 
I remember pieces and parts of that gap, but not much. I hate having to get up that next day and going to people and asking them about what it was that you did in such a way that they don't know that you don't know what you did. You know, and, and, and you kind of just got to slide that in there. And, and I hated that part. And I hated the way that I felt. I, I, it's because I didn't want to do what I was doing. It's like something would happen to me. I'd get to drinking, and it's, it's like it would take a life of its own. And the next, you know, I was only going to go there for a couple. I, I, you know, that's all we ever do. And, and it's like the next thing you know, that guy buys me a drink, and then I get, you can't owe nobody, so you got to pay, pay them back. And the next thing, you know, four, five, 15, 20 minutes, an hour, two, three hours, gonna, oh, so, geez, it's 8 o'clock, huh? You know, I, okay, I'll, I have to leave at 8.30. That's it. I have to leave at 8.30. 8.30. Uh, okay, I, I'm going to leave. I'm, I'm going to, okay, an hour from now, I'll leave it. I'll leave at 10.30, you know. And, <laughs> and you just, you know, it's just like, just little by little, you just disintegrate. And, and the next thing you know, it's, you know, it's 10, 11.30, 12.30. I was supposed to call her. I called her once, you know. You know, hello, Cindy. Uh, I, uh. I'm in red lights. I mean, why should I be in red lights? Not just once. Jeez, you know why? Why would you do that again? And, and uh, we uh, we didn't always fight. Uh, when I when I <laughs> when I first met her, I thought she was uh, oh, God, I thought she was hot. She was hot. You know, at least I thought she was hot. And I, oh, and I was playing in a rock and roll band at the time. Now I'm a dirt farmer. <laughs> but I played in a rock and roll band, and I was world famous. I played all over the world and various other places, mostly Billings. And, and <laughs> like, it's like, it's like people talk about in AA, you know, I was truly a legend in my own mind. I mean, I was, too. I'd be walking, I can remember in the mid-60s, walking down the main street of Billings, Montana, you know, I I uh, I always felt so lonely and so you know just separated from other people and stuff. So, you know, I, of course it was in the mid '60s, Montana, long hair about down to here, bell bottoms, uh, beetle boots, uh, Nehru jacket, and a finishing touch. If it was warm, I used to wear a cape. And, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't too I wasn't too tightly wrapped in those days. And, and if it was cold, I'd wear a World War I trench coat. And, and, and I couldn't fit, you know, people would drive by, me, 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 you know, and, and oh, it, was, it, was, it was lonely at the top. And, and, <laughs> but I met her, and, and my life was changing, and I knew I had to straighten up, and so I decided to go back to work for my dad, which I just hated to do because, I mean, this ranch, I was raised a cowboy. I was raised on a ranch. I was raised in a rural community. And, and I, it's like somewhere along the line I found booze. And at that point, I decided that was holding me back. You know, I mean, I, I realized almost immediately that my, my future had, had a lot to do with me getting away from that place. And, and I did everything I could for about four or five years. It's like a guy told me one time, he says, I went out to set the world on fire. And he says, in four and a half years, I had to come home for more matches. And, and, and that was me. I, I had, after four and a half years, I had to come home and get some more matches because the world, was, every day was raining at that time. And, and, and I, remember, uh, I, I remember coming home, and I decided that I was going to get myself a, 
you know, I was going to start doing the deal. I mean, I didn't really want to do the deal. I didn't really want to be a rancher or farmer, I, you know, but that's, you know, I was going to get married. Obviously, I had to, I wasn't making any money playing in the band business. And uh, it's so funny. Today, we meet in the place I used to steal booze out of. It used to be a grocery store. That, uh, and now, when, when we go in there, I, every once in a while, it dawns on me how things have changed over the years. You know, I used to slip in there, and I'd steal booze and walk out with, you know, cans of beer. I had an apartment two blocks away. It cost 25 This This is how good my, my music business was. It cost $25 a month. It had a, it had a kitchen and a sink and a bed in about the area of two of these. <laughs> and it had, it had a sink, and underneath the sink, there wasn't a drain. It was just a bucket. And... and <laughs> And the bathroom was outside, and, and, and I mean outside. I mean, you had to go outside. And there's, at this, of course, you know how I am. I'm warped anyway. My perception of reality is not true to begin with. But I can remember going in that bathroom. It was, it was kind of a community bathroom. There's all these old ladies that keep coming in there all the time. It was, it was disgusting. It was, and, that, and you always had, to, always had to pour that bucket in that toilet, and that's how you got rid of your wastewater and stuff. I don't know where that's going either. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that, that was my rocket to start them, and I found <laughs> I, I finally decided that uh, it's, it's better at home, you know. So I went home <laughs> and I started working on the ranch. And, and uh, shortly after that, Cindy and I got married, and geez, we were in love. I mean, we were in love, and it was and it went really good for a long time. We had a great time. We really did. And, and uh, next thing you know. Uh, uh, I just, you know, I just started drinking more and more, and, and uh, uh, it's kind of a, it was kind of a slippery deal because on the outside it looked like things was going all right, but on the inside, just little by little, everything I stood for or believed in was getting chipped away. You know, all my integrity was being stripped away, the ability to, to uh, you know, to know truth. I mean, the, 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 all these things that were important to me were slowly getting stripped away because I wanted to be a good man and a good, and I wanted to be able to be a, some kind of service to people. And it wasn't that I was wanting to do what I was doing, but it's like little by little, you know, my mind started taking me over. And, and when when you get in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and it talks about our problem is centered in our mind, I really can relate to that because little by little, my thinking is what got worse and worse. My drinking did too, but my thinking got worse as we continued in this journey. And within within about 12, 10, 12 years, this gal that I loved dearly and this job that I hated dearly and all this crap that was going on in my life, I mean, it was like I just got to where I couldn't stand it anymore. And I got I got crazy. I got suicidal. It, you know, my life was upside down. My, my wife was leaving me on a daily basis. My, my kids were crazy as a loon. And, and, and uh, uh, my folks were talking about, you know, firing me because... <laughs> I wasn't working, uh, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, it's like my life just absolutely just turning upside down, and and I'm not very fast. I mean, I, you know, alcoholics always talk about the Kenyan intellectual alcoholic mind. There's about five Al-Anons right now. They will never talk about that over on their side. I've never been in an Al-Anon meeting where I heard about the Kenyan alcoholic intellectual mind. It just happens in here occasionally. <laughs> and, and it's like you get to thinking that you know. And I began, I began to realize that, obviously, the reason I'm trying to commit suicide or thinking about committing suicide is her fault. And because it's her fault, it would almost be a shame for me to kill myself and not her. 
You know, and I mean, and I mean it's, the trouble is, is the way that thing kind of come about is all of a sudden it's, it's like it's like I've always had, I always thought it was because I was a Gemini. I kind of had two minds, you know. But you know, you, you know, you have I don't know. Yeah, you guys know. It's like, it's like you 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 kind of talk to yourself, right? <laughs> you're going along and you're. You're going, you know, yeah, you need to kill yourself. Yeah, but it's your fault. That's right, it's your fault. Well, let's <laughs> let's get after. You know, it's like little by little, those uh, you get. To, I got to where I was dwelling on it all the time, and within a six or eight months, it began to be obvious that, that that's what had to happen. And then I got to thinking about the kids. You know, the poor kids, those two kids that I got. Those guys, those guys, knowing that their dad killed their mom. You know, it become pretty obvious to me that that had to. You know, I had to take the kids too. <laughs> and, and, uh, it happened in Billings not too many years ago. You know, remember, there's a doctor in Billings, and, and and the night that 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 we talked about that happening, I I I understood. I know what that was about, or at least I thought I did. Because I, it's just that insanity, you know. And it's like, how can my mind get that crazy, and for me not to really realize that I am in deep doo doo. I mean, I'm in bad shape. You know, and people would tell me from time to time that I needed to quit drinking. It's like, <laughs> you've got to be out of your mind. Because drinking is the only thing that made me feel comfortable. Drink, you know, it's like, I, when I was in high school, I was walking down the sidewalk one day, and it's no big deal, but two kids behind me said, God, he look, look at him, he walks funny. And forever, I, you know, it's like I just, I couldn't walk right. I, you know, going to dancing was out of the question. I go to the dancing, and I, I couldn't even walk across the floor and ask a girl. And that's what always had happened to me. We lived in the, you know, I lived in Miles City for a while. You know how that's about as backwards as you want to get at that time. And, and we had these, you know, we had these dances where the gals would be on one side and the guys would be, and you'd, you'd hobble across and you'd say, would you want to dance with me? And they'd say, no. It's just tear you apart. I, I'm sensitive, you know, and, and, and. And I can remember the first time I drank, the very first night I drank, we went out and we, I don't know, I think we bought a case, maybe a case and a half of beer. And we, there's four of us, and we drank it. And it's like, <laughs> we got to that dance and I could dance. I could walk. I could talk. And it's like, it's like everything I ever wanted to do, it's like alcohol was doing it for me. And people would tell me that I needed to quit that. And I'd go, but you don't understand. You know, the only relief that I ever got from this insanity that I was having was whenever I was drinking, it seemed like, you know. And so drinking is what I started to do to overcome the problems that my drinking was causing me. You know, I just kept drinking. And the more you, the more you do that after a while, it causes, if you're like me, it causes a lot of grief in your life. And, and uh, I, uh, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was very, I was crazy. And. This guy named Frank, and some of you folks know Frank. He showed up at my house. He was a feed salesman. I still have to feed. I was running a feed lot at the time. He was a feed salesman. He showed up one day, and Frank and I was old drinking buddies. We drank forever together. And, and uh, I, you know, I was so glad to see him. Was, like, here's here's a drink, Frank. You know, and I fixed my drink, and Frank pushed it back and says, I'm not drinking today. I said, well, Frank, <laughs> what, the, what the heck's the deal here? You, you always drink. And you know, Frank and I got in these... Arguments. He, well, I remember one time he called me opinionated, and we argued about it all night long. And finally, about three o'clock in the morning, I finally proved him wrong. I wasn't opinionated, and and we ended up. <laughs> after you've been here for a while, you'll catch that one. <laughs> we 
we we ended up, you know, drinking a lot together. We got in all kinds of trouble together. And Frank's sitting there at just my kitchen table, and he's not drinking. I can't get him to drink. And I asked him, well, what's the deal? And finally, after a while, he finally told me he's going to Alcoholics Anonymous. I said, my God, Frank. <laughs> I mean, Alcoholics Anonymous, isn't that a little overcorrecting, you know? I mean, hey, you drink just like I do. And he says, yeah, I know. <laughs> And I says, well, you know, my life ain't going too good. I was just, you know, you can't talk to people about what's going on inside. I couldn't. I couldn't. I, how do you tell somebody, well, I've been thinking about killing my wife and kids. You know, I mean, how things going? Oh, pretty good. I've been thinking about a little homicide, a little suicide. You know, but outside that, things going pretty good. You know, you just, you don't, you know, you just don't talk about it. You can't. And, and uh, I mean, I'd go to, I'd, I'd gone to the doctors and the shrinks and those people. You don't tell them about that, I'll guarantee you. <laughs> I ain't stupid, you know. And and uh, and I'm going, I'm going. Well, Frank, my my life is not going too good, really. Uh, how about taking me to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous? Maybe. I mean, I don't think I'm an. I think I'm crazy, is what I think. But I don't want to talk about that much. And, and you know, maybe maybe I've got a drinking problem. Really didn't think I did. I, I thought maybe my problem was I was, you know, and, and uh, I did, how'd she do that? <laughs> and anyway, uh, I, I, you know, I said, well, how about taking me to a meeting? And he says, oh, no. He says, no, no. Uh, alcoholics and I told him, well, why not, Frank? He says, well, it's really simple. Alcoholics Anonymous is for people who want to quit drinking, and you're drinking, obviously. He says, you're still drinking. He says, I, I won't take you. And what I leave out is he told me, you know, as soon as you want to quit drinking, I'd be glad to take you. But I can remember that next morning, waking up and going, oh, my God, you, you, this drinking is getting out of hand. you realize what I almost did last night? <laughs> I, I, I almost broke down and went to Alcoholics Anonymous. Gonna have to slow down a little bit here. This is getting out of hand. And for the next, for the next six months, for the next six months, I just simply died one day at a time. I mean, it was there was nothing flashy about it. There was nothing. I didn't do anything really stupid or dumb. It's just like every day was a little worse than yesterday. That's all. Every day just get a lot of just a little darker. Just a little. I mean. There's a lot of goofy things that Cindy and I did during. I moved her out of the house 20,000 times and moved her back 21. You know, and it's just like it's just we've just insane, was crazy. Life is just absolutely just. It was a circus, and and just <laughs> could not even catch your breath for a second. You know, it's, it's like you've got these problems and you can't even begin to get your arms around them. And and uh, I, like I said, I. It's important for me to remember the last day that I drank. I woke up in a guy's house. His name was Johnny. And, and uh, geez, we, I got upstairs and I got to ask him about where I've been for the last, you know, last month. And and uh, and uh, he didn't know. <laughs> He'd been with me, he thought. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I look outside and my pickup's gone. I don't know if anybody else is in here really good about losing machinery whenever I was drinking. But my pickup was gone. We had to go find my pickup. And on the way to find my pickup, I, I, you know, I told Johnny, you know, we got it. I got it. I can't do this anymore. I've got to do something. I, I, you know, the only guy I knew who was in AA was Frank. And I says, you know, let's go see Frank. And Johnny says, yeah, yeah. He says, I, I'm, I'm with you. Because he'd, he'd been with me most of that time. And he says, yeah, let's go. And 
we went and saw Frank that morning. And Frank was, I mean, he was so glad to see us, you know. And come out, and he says, he got us in, we were sitting in the car, and we was talking. Of course, Johnny and I was, we was nervous. You know, I was really nervous. When I, and I'd already gone to the grocery store, and we had, a, I think we had, you know, a case of beer or something like that. And we was already drinking it, because that's the only thing that calmed me down. And, and, uh, and uh, uh, he pulls out these 20 questions. You know, the AA-20, you guys have seen the AA-20 question. Nobody can pass, you know. And, and he, he, says, he says, here, he says, take the test. Well, I think it says, like, if you get two wrong, you might be, but three, you're just done for, you know. 19 out of 20, I, I was in trouble, I knew that, you know. And, but I thought, you know, I had, you know, this is the thing about me. I have this, this secret weapon, this gray matter between my ears, this knowing. I, I know things that aren't true. I just love to believe it. And I begin to know, I, and I just know things. I, it comes out of nowhere. It's like without thought process. It's just boom, you know, and I knew it. I knew the deal. Here's the deal. You know, Alcoholics Anonymous, the name alone is going to keep people out, you know. And you, and you guys have come up with a test that nobody can pass. There's no way. Now, some of these Alcoholics that send these sponsors that come over to the house every once in a while, I, just for the fun of it, I gave them the test. They can't even do the test right. They can't drink right, and they can't do the test right because they'll get, you know, 20 out of 20, you know, no problem. Don't drink right, can't do the test right. But I, uh, I, I can remember taking that test, and, geez, Johnny, this is <laughs> – Johnny didn't do very well either. <laughs> and uh, we asked Frank if he'd take us to a meeting that night. I'd ask him just previously to that question, how many meetings a week do, does Alcoholics Anonymous have? And he says, we meet every night. I said, well, Johnny, would you take uh, me and John to a, or Frank, would you take me and John to a, to a meeting tonight? He says, no. <laughs> I said, well, why not? He says, because Alcoholics Anonymous are for people who want to quit drinking, and you're still drinking, obviously. He says, but I'll tell you what you do. You and Johnny go ahead and drink all day long. Or drink all you want to. But tomorrow morning, when you get up, don't drink anymore. And come see me, and I'll take you to a meeting tomorrow if you don't drink. But he said, if you're drinking, I'm not going to take you. And that sounded like a good deal to me for some reason. So I got, you know, we, me and John, and Johnny liked it too. It was good. So we, we, we drove down to the keg bar, which was one of the lower class places at that time. It's not even there. It was still there, but it's a different name now. But anyway, we, I, and I always want to remember how really good it was that last, that last day I drank. I, I can remember sitting over in the corner crying. Because I was such a loser and such a failure and, so, and just a zero, and I, and I got, I, you know, I love my family, and yet if you, if you used to look at me and see my actions, you knew that I didn't love them, and I, and I wanted to be a good husband, and I wouldn't, I wanted to be a good employer, I wanted to be a good friend, and all those, every aspect of my life was a failure, every single part. It was, I was just, I was just a loser, and I'd be crying over there because I was so lonely. And somebody would come over and try to talk to me, and I want to fight them, you know. And I'm not a fighter, but I'd want to fight them, you know. And the next thing you know, they'd leave, and then I'd be crying because I was lonely. And, lose it. and, and that's how it went all day long. There was a couple of things that I usually leave out of the story, but tonight I don't know why I'm going to throw them in here. But I don't know if this ever happened to you guys, but every once in a while when you get to drinking a lot, something happens to your motor actions. And I, would, I had an accident. <laughs> and, and I always, you know, but you, the first accident's all right. You know what to do with the first accident, but the second accident was really bad. You know, and, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go into that much more, but if you're new, you know what I'm talking about. If you're old, you know what I'm talking about. So. <laughs> I, 
They said we're supposed to identify. Well, there it is, I guess. <laughs> so I ended up, I end up the next morning. For some reason, I, I don't drink, and uh, I end up going to that meeting that first night. And, and uh, uh, Frank had called me up earlier and says, you know, come early. I want you to meet this guy, this guy named Richard. And I said, <laughs> okay. So we went to this restaurant across the street from the place that we had the meet, we had the meeting, and and uh, I mean. Them guys ate. They had these little steaks they ordered, and I I didn't eat very well whenever I'd been on one of those runners like that. And they were laughing and joking, and they ate their steaks, and they ate my steak. And and and, and, and Richard was a guy. He had a three-piece suit on all the time, wore these wingtip shoes, and he just he just had a bad back, and he just smoked like this, just constantly, just one cigarette after another. But at the time, I did too, you know, because I was nervous. And and he would he would sit there and ask me these really tough questions. He says, John, he says. Uh, do you believe that you are responsible for your own actions? And, I mean, <laughs> well, you know, this is the elite group of Alcoholics Anonymous. I've been trying to get into it for over six months. I want the answer to be right. And I, and I can remember going, yeah, yeah, I do. Because I thought that's what they wanted to hear. You know, it wasn't really that I believed it. it was, but, and he says, good, now maybe you'll start acting like it. And I can remember that was just a powerful, because I knew what the deal was. See, I had the secret weapon. The deal was that Cindy had been talking to Frank, and Frank had been talking to Richard, and Richard came up with that question because of Cindy, you know. <laughs> and, and it was a trap, you know. But then, but then what, what he started to do for me, and, and this, is, this is the gift that I think that, that a lot of times we overlook here in Alcoholics Anonymous. It happened is he started talking to me about what had happened to him. And he was telling me things that nobody knew. Nobody knew. And, and all of a sudden, I began to know that he knew about my drinking. And things changed because I, I began to realize that this wasn't so much a con job. At least I knew that this guy, this Frank and Richard, because I knew Frank. I mean, there wasn't no doubt about Frank being who he was. But Richard was a drunk just like I was a drunk. And we walked across that, that uh, street to that meeting that night, and, and, you know, I don't know what was said. I don't know who was there, really. I, I remember a few of the people that was there. But what I remember is, is more of a feeling than an event. And that feeling was, for the first time in a long, long time, I got a little gift, and the gift was hope. And, and, and I don't know exactly how it came about. It might have been the laughter. It might have been, you know, just the stories. It might have been the handshakes. I don't know what it was. And, and I couldn't describe it. I, I, I have no idea. But I, I think it was the spirit of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I, I, somehow I thought, you know, I think I better come back to this thing, even though I'm not really an alcoholic, you know. But maybe these guys can help me with some of these crazy things I got going on. Because some of them was nuts, and you could tell, you know. And, <laughs> and even if you was new. And one of them guys was a guy named Johnny. And right after the meeting, Johnny came up to me, and he says, oh, you don't have a sponsor, and I'll be your sponsor now. And uh, uh, I said, okay. See, part of my thinking was that, you know, with a name like Alcoholics Anonymous, you guys are probably hurting for money. And, and at some point, you're going to ask me for $100 a month. And I figured that this $100 a month would probably support the sponsorship, you know. And, and, and so anyway, I, I told him that I, I didn't, I don't remember what I told him. The next thing I knew, I was being sponsored by a guy named Johnny. 
And he took me to a, to his house, and he says, come on to my house. He says, I want you to sit down and talk to me a little bit about Alcoholics Anonymous. And he and he talked to me about the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. He got the big book of Al, and we talked a little bit about that, and it was 2 o'clock, and he says, okay, now it's time for you to go home, you know, because the bar is closed. And uh, I went home that night, and the next morning I woke up, and, and I went back into He was an auctioneer. I went back in there, and those two guys from AA showed up after a couple hours, and uh, they... Uh, they got hold of me and, and took me to lunch. And after that, two more guys from AA showed up and they got hold of me. And the next thing you know, it's time for supper. And we went to supper and then we had uh, a meeting. And then after the meeting, Johnny picked me up, and took me to his house until 2 o'clock. He says, it's time for you to go home now. And that happened just identical for the next two or three days. And I was really nervous. And they fixed me up this concoction of orange juice and caterer syrup and honey and vitamins and put it in a blender, turned it on, said, here, drink this. It'll make you feel better. And I don't think it made me feel better, but what happened is I got to act as if almost immediately. And I, no, no, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. And, and, uh, and within, you know, within a short period of time, I was really starting to feel a little better, you know. And I got to thinking, my God, what's wrong with me? I made a bigger deal out of this than what, you know, I mean, this is so simple. All you get to do is put the plug in the jug. You know, just quit. You know, it's such a simple deal. I always make big deals. You know, I'm always one of these guys that make something really big that's not, you know. And then sobriety hit. <laughs> and if you've been here more than about 15, 20 minutes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, it's like all of a sudden, I begin to know things. My secret weapon really kicked into high gear. And, and it began to dawn on me that I had found, a, you know, I had gotten into a group of twisted people. And, and I really begin to see how insincere they really were and how, how you know, how they, they just had quirks and they were some of them just laugh and talk and, you know, it's phony and they'd act like they liked each other. And, of course, you know, they didn't. There was guys in that group of 15, 20, 25 years, and they said they'd never had a drink in 15 or 20 years. And it's like, why? You know, why, why would you do that? And, and, and I just had this ability to see through all the phoniness in Alcoholics Anonymous. And there was people in AA that, that, that demonstrated it on a regular basis. This is a, gal, this is a little gal named Millie, and Millie is just a sweetheart, you know. And, I, and I, I talk about these people, and I want you to know I love them dearly. But when I was new, they were weird. And, and this little Millie, this little Millie, she'd sit there and sit in the same chair all the time and say, look at all the miracles. Just look at all the miracles. I'm, you know, I don't see no miracles. And they'd call on her, and she she just usually passed. She never had much to say. And they had another gal named Margaret. Margaret. They call Margaret. Margaret. Hi, my name is Margaret, and I'm an alcoholic. And then that stay sober, stay sober. Uh, then that stay sober, go to meetings, and then don't, don't. Thank you. And you can call Margaret two years from now. She, hi. <laughs> my name is Margaret. I'm an alcoholic. And them to stay sober, or them to go to me, stay sober, and them that don't, don't. Thank you. It's like, God, what a lame. You know, come on. I mean, after a while, you'd think you'd have something, you know. And, and, and had, a, had another guy, his name was Nick, and Nick was, Nick was a treatment center guy who was in uh, Colorado and moved up to Billings. And, and Nick's deal was, I mean, his quirk was that he'd say, you know, if you've been here for six months or a year, there's really no need for me to remember your name because you're a newcomer and you're probably just a visitor. You know, this, what happened to love and tolerance? You know, and there's another guy, his name is Rotten Ralph, and Rotten Ralph was, you know, it, see if a new guy was having troubles with, 
you know, say he's having troubles with his wife and, you know, as in meeting and get called on and the sponsor told him not to talk because he was new, but he talked anyway because he knew he needed to talk, get it out, you know. <laughs> and so after that, they'd call him on Rotten Ralph and Rotten Ralph would just cut this new guy to pieces, you know. And he'd be looking right at me. I don't know why. And and, and he'd say, and he he always put his dollar for his collection plate up in his pocket here. And after he'd get through just tearing you apart, he'd go, now, if I have pissed you off, let me be the first to buy you a drink. And, you know, what do you do with that? I mean, you know, you know that that's not right. You know, it's love and tolerance. You know, I, you can could, you could see through the phoniness in Alcoholics Anonymous constantly. You know, guy, there's an, another guy, his name is uh, Gerald. Gerald was a, Guy who came from Arkansas, I believe, and he—he, I think he was running from Arkansas. He he ended up—he ended up in Warm Springs, you know, for a while, and 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 he ended up getting out of Warm Springs and coming back to this home group for a little while, and you know he wasn't hitting on all cylinders to begin. He was always bad, you know. If they called on him to talk. It could be five minutes after the hour started, and you knew who was going to be talking at the end of the hour. He'd take the whole hour. If you called him the last 15 or 20 minutes, he'd talk, you know, four or five minutes past time. And I was like Spencer then. You know, it's time. It's time. You know, we need to quit. <laughs> and, and, and Gerald would ask me how I was doing. And I'd say, you know, I ain't doing good, Gerald. I, I hate her. I'm gonna, I hate them stinking kids of mine. You know, I hate my job. I hate this group of people that, you know, it's just like, you know, it's, and I was just being honest. And, and, uh, and he says, that's enough. That's enough. I don't want to hear that no more. He says, from now on, he says, when I ask you how you're doing, John, he says, you're going to tell me, Gerald, I'm getting better in every way, every day. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, and uh, you know, I could see the phoniness, you know, is obvious. And, and, and I was, uh, I was there one night. I was having just, I was just having a tremendous amount of trouble with my, 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 uh, my uh, wife. She's just driving me crazy. I mean, it's just insane. My, my first sponsor, he'd gone out and gotten drunk already, and, and you know, and, and he'd been sober for seven years. And, and about 45 days after I got sober, he, he went out, he got mad at his group and got, got drunk. And uh, uh, I thought, here's my opportunity. I remember walking across the room that night. There's this little blonde I've been looking at for a long time. And, I, you know, she had what I wanted, and I was going to go ask her. And, and this, <laughs> Richard, this Richard out of nowhere, he, he gets in front of me. He says, he says I, I understand your sponsor's gone. I says, yeah, that's what I hear. <laughs> and, and he, said, he says, uh, I'm going to be your sponsor now. <laughs> I said, well, Richard, I'm not really sure if I want you to be my sponsor. He says, oh, I didn't ask. <laughs> he, says, I, he, says, I did, he says, I didn't ask you whether or not you want, I wanted you to be my sponsor. He says, I'm, I'm going to be your sponsor. He always knew what I needed. About two weeks after that, he sold me a used diesel car. He was a used car salesman. And, and uh, you know, and, and those diesels, they don't like the diesels today. You know, I mean, the diesels today are pretty nice. Was, you know, I mean, you floorboard diesel, and, mm, about 15 or 20 minutes, you might be up to 15 or 20 miles an hour. <laughs> and that's another thing that, Really made things wonderful at home, and 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 I uh, I can remember uh, just uh, just you know just going crazy, and, and Richard sponsoring me now, and he's he's asking me how things are going at home, and he knows he's been talking to Frank. Frank's been talking to Cindy, and 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 and, and, and it's just like my guys, and he's, he says. How's that going? I said, well, I'm getting divorced. He says, no, let me get this straight. You're the ones getting a divorce? And I said, yeah, I'm getting a divorce. He says, well, you'll quit that right now. 
<laughs> but you don't understand. She's crazier than a loon. He says, hell yeah. She's got to be plumb out of her mind. Anybody can stick with you for 13 years has got to be plumb out of her tree. He says, he says but I'm going to tell you something. He says, I, he says, I don't know how else to put this, but he says, they are sicker than we are, these alivons. Now, don't, don't be careful. But, but he says, they are, they are, they've gone through this period of time, or she's gone through this period of time with you. And you've been able to get a drink every once in a while and get a little relief. She's done it cold sober. He says, now don't tell her that. But that's what's happened. He says, so, you know, you've got to really be careful. Got in that diesel car, drove home just as fast as I could. Guess what Richard said about you, you know. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it's it just, I mean, those early days are just absolutely insane. I remember one day I... I the meeting was over with. I was tired of this Nick not remembering my name. Of course, me of all people to worry about something like that. And, and I, uh, I, I walked up to him and I, I gave him my best newcomer look and you know my, my humility look and all. And I, I could I have a few minutes of your time, please? And he says, sure. I'd like to talk to you about how things are going. And then I started explaining to him about how I hate my wife and all the things that she's doing wrong. And it was after the meeting, there's about eight or nine people standing up, you know, milling around after the And he stands up and yells at me. He says, so, you, he says, uh, so you're an alcoholic. Now, what the hell are you going to do about it? And, I mean, I looked around. There's people. I mean, everybody's looking. And, you know, I can't stand that kind of stuff anyway. And I, I'm done. I've had as much fun in AA as I can stand. And I can remember trying to get out that door. And he's a crippled old man. And he somehow he beats me to the door. And he pushes me up against the refrigerator. He says, listen. He says, you wasted my time. And you're wasting your time. And you're damn sure wasting their time. He says, why don't you just get drunk? That's what you're trying to do. And he says, you've got to realize that that's what you're trying to do. Is you're trying to get drunk. And right out of nowhere, rotten off over his shoulder. Yeah, let me buy your first drink. Let me buy your first drink. <laughs> just, just, God. You know, it ain't like it says it is in the book. I mean, and I remember, I remember stumbling out of that room, and I got in my diesel car, and I put the key in it, and I'm going to spin gravel all over this parking lot. <laughs> and I'm... I'm just crazy. I'm, I, the only thing that saved me is I had a, like a 45-minute drive home, and I'm beating on the dash, and I'm honking the horn, and just, you know, just crazy. And it's just like out of nowhere. It's like something just slapped me. It's like, so you're an alcoholic. So you're an alcoholic. Now, what are you going to do about it? And, and I don't know whether it's a spiritual awakening or whether it's the first coherent thought I'd had in years, but it's like, it's like, it's like all of a sudden it's like, I need to answer this question. What am I going to do about this problem that I have? This, this disease, this problem, this thing that you guys are calling a disease. What am I going to do about this? And the next day, I can remember just being a little better, but it, was like it wasn't wonderful. It's just a little better, you know. And I can remember getting in my car that night because I had no place to go other than to go back to that goofy group. And I can, I can remember getting in that car going, God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this because I can't hardly stand showing up in a place after I kind of made a scene and I can remember getting in that car going, yeah, I got to go back. First person I'll see, sure as I'm standing here, be Gerald. How you doing, John? Well, Gerald, I'm getting better in every way every day. Thank you very much. You know, lying right off the bat. You know, got to tell Nick my name because he won't remember it. Give Ralph back his damn dollar. <laughs> you know, I just, 
I just hated it at first. It just seemed so humiliating for me, you know. But little by little, it started to change, you know. And one of the... Cindy and I were just... We were just in a death pack. And we, neither one of us would say uncle. You know, it's like if, you, if one of us left, the other one won type of a deal, you know. You couldn't turn loose. And, and it's like... I can remember, you know, Richard saying, you know, how are things going? I says, well, it's not going good. <laughs> I just hate her. And, and, and he says, I'll tell you what, from now on, he says, I want you to do, you know, she's there, we're going to practice with her. He says, I want you to tell her every day when you see her, I want you to tell her you love her. I don't love her. <laughs> you know, here, just lying, then making me lie again. And he says, no, he says, you start telling her that you love her, but he says, in your case, you and I and her, we all three know you're a liar. So he says, from now on, what you've got to do is you've got to show her you love her somehow. And, you know, all of a sudden, I, he says, no, no, that's not what I'm talking about. He says, he says, what I'm talking about is, he says, <laughs> he says you're going to have to start picking up your clothes. You're going to have to start, you know, cleaning up after yourself. You show her that you love her. Actions in Alcoholics Anonymous are very important. He says, I want you to start doing what you said you were going to do and saying what you, and, you know, and being where you said you were going to be. I want you to start doing that kind of stuff. He says, you go home and you tell her that you love her. And you act like you love her. And you show her things that will make her think that you love her. And he says, she, you know, after a year, maybe you guys get a divorce. It's up to you. But he says, for right now, we're going to practice because she's there. You don't know how to have a relationship, so we're going to start with the one you got, okay? And so, and, and I, no, I ain't going to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm not interested in doing it. He says, now, wait a minute. He says, I'll tell you. If you do what I tell you to do the way I tell you to do it, it will drive her crazy. <laughs> Oh, well, I'll do, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> so so, I, so I, I went home and I did it, and he was right. It drove her crazy. One night she comes to me. She, she's been taking my inventory. I know it's hard to believe, but she's, she said, you're a dirty, rotten asshole being here. And I haven't been doing all my in, working on my inventory, and I just pulled out the list and said, you missed a few things. And I can remember her just turning around and just muttering to herself walking on through the house. It's like, yes, yes. <laughs> it's like I was winning, you know. I, uh, uh, you know, I, little by little, things started to change. And, and uh, uh, what a gift. You know, what a gift. See, I would have killed the wrong people. I would have killed me. I had killed, you know, that's, that's, she is the light of my life today. You know, and those kids are doing fairly well considered who they had to run with for a long time. <laughs> but they're doing good, you know, and, and my life is good. And it's because of people in rooms like this. It's because of the sponsorship and it's because of the fellowship and it's because of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's because of the guy like me getting to a place where I'm willing to listen for the first time in my life. You know, Richard, he pointed me to that big book, and he says, look at here, in the doctor's opinion, it says we have an allergy coupled with a mental obsession, you know. <laughs> and, and I'm allergic to apples. I understand ap- I understand allergies. You know, I, I, I'd eat an apple, and my chest would swell shut, my nose would swell up, and I couldn't breathe. And, and, uh, but I couldn't get the deal on it. You know, when I drink, I never had that problem. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, you do. He says, you break out in spots, you know, like Wyoming and Colorado and Texas. And <laughs> he, said, he says, what happens to you when you drink alcohol? He says, it just simply tastes like more. And that's why a guy like you goes after bread on Thanksgiving Day and ends up almost to Christmas still drinking, you know. That's why, and that started to make sense to me. That's why, that's why when I promised those people that I wouldn't do it, I'd do it. 
You know, I, I had people take me to places that I had no business at all drinking. I went to a funeral one time with one of my uncles, and I was, I, I, it was one of the worst, it was one, I was one of the worst behaviors I ever had in my entire life. I mean, I humiliated my entire family a great deal, and, and it went on for days. It was just, I mean, it was just crap, and, and, and I was so ashamed of that. And it's like, I, how, you, how do you straighten those kinds of things out? You know, how, how do you explain that kind of stuff? But it's like, I, I can understand more because I didn't want to do that. But sooner or later, it began to dawn on me that one drink just led to another drink, just led to another drink. I went to the doctor about these apples and I asked, you know, what do you do with this thing? You know, and the newest person in the room can tell me what to do. Don't eat the apples. You know, <laughs> just don't eat the apples. No big deal. But, I, I don't have the same problem with this allergy with apples as I do with alcohol. I mean, I have never to this day had a miserable damn day and decided to go to the grocery store and get myself six apples, put two in the trunk, you know, put, <clears throat> put a couple in the glove compartment, eat one on the way home, and then when I get home, walk in the door and just say, okay, and this one's for you, baby. You know, it's, it's just never happened. It doesn't eat. You know, I've never been in a fancy hotel or a fancy restaurant, and those people are, you know, you've always seen them. They're over there, and they're having fruit salad, and the tears come to my eyes, my God, why me? You know, it just, it just doesn't cross your mind. But I've sure done that with wine. I, you know, I look over there, my God, look at those people. They're having, they're having wine, you know. But the only good thing about that is I've been around here long enough that I, I, I was taught to th- think past that. And what I think when I think past that is, you know, I hated wine. I like whiskey, two at a time, and keep them coming. And I think I'm going to leave that alone tonight. You know, it's just just the subtle deal, you know. But I understand about this this insanity, this craziness that we have, because there's a little guy in the back of my mind, and and I I finally named him here a while back. His name is Al, Al the alcoholic, and and Al's Al's back there working full time, trying to explain to me about how this time is going to be different. This time, because of how long it's been, or what I know, or whatever's going on in my life that I can drink. And he's working out there full time because, and, and that's alcoholism. Because the worst thing in the world, you know, I was sober for about 11 years and I was, I'd been talked into running the store for my sister. And it was in bad shape whenever she was running it. And when I got a hold of it, it went <laughs> just, I think it lasted, what, nine months maybe. It was bad. And, and, uh, uh, God, she was depressed and I was just kind of helping her out, you know, as best as I could lose her store. And, 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 and I, I can remember, you know, one day I, I called her up and I said, Maggie, how, how about let me take you out to, to, to lunch? And, oh, she was so depressed. I mean, she hadn't laughed in, in months. I mean, it's just, and it's, <laughs> with good reason, too. And, and, and uh, she says, yeah, that would be really nice if you take me out to lunch. And, and at that time, I just started sponsoring a guy. He'd been sober for about uh, five, six years. And now he's, now he's, he's been drinking for five or six years. He's been sober for about maybe five weeks, and uh, um, he was a rich guy. He had a lot of money. Always get my attention when somebody has a lot of money, you know. <laughs> it could be one of my big problems. And and anyway, he uh, he was, uh, you know, he'd winter down in Central America because he's making so much money. And he's a good salesman, really good salesman. And he called me up that morning right after I hung up my phone to my sister. And, 
fired me as a sponsor because obviously he, he explained to me about how I was overcorrected and the truth of the matter is we didn't have to do the things that we do. And, uh, uh, you know, and he was going on and on about this stuff about how, you know, you don't have to say yes or nay a request and you don't have to do this and you don't have to do that. And I'm no longer, and I'm just a bully. No, 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 you know, you know if you've been a sponsor for very long, you've heard that, you know, it happened here just a little while ago with the skit. I, was, I sponsored every one of those people, I think. And, 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 uh, and I can remember, <laughs> I can remember thinking, my God, he's right. <laughs> and I, and I got, I got in my car, uh, my pickup that day, and I drove to pick up my sister, and, and uh, I was driving down the street and going to this restaurant to feed her, and, and uh, <laughs> I said, you know, Maggie, I've been thinking. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I don't think I was really that bad. The truth of the matter is, Cindy and I was going through a series of really bad breaks, and. And, uh, you know, we're past that now, and things are different. And, and I don't really even think I drank that, that bad to begin with. And she started laughing. <laughs> I mean, she didn't kind of laugh. She got into hysterics and, and started screaming at me to get her to the nearest bathroom. And, and I took her into the phone station, and she, she runs in there, you know, and, and she comes back out. She's still laughing. I said, what's so damn funny? And she says, Sean, you don't remember you don't remember how it was? God, you've been telling me for years you're crazy. He says, I really finally, I can see it now. You're out of your stinking mind. Don't you really remember the last three years of your drinking, you never drew a sober breath in that entire time? We were so afraid you was going to do something really stupid. You know, my mom one time, she was down there by the mailboxes. and I, I don't know about you guys, but I was really bad about opening mail and opening my door. You know, seeing who they, I always had a little, window that you could pick up and see around who and, and and I can remember you know going down to pick up my mail my mailbox says, you know when it's time to pick up my mail whenever there's nothing you know when there's nothing left the, the, the little deals hanging out and there's packages shoved in there that's time to pick it up you don't pick it up until you really have to and I, I remember going down there my mom's sitting there and says I said I told mom I said somebody come somebody broke into my house and stole all my guns and she you could just see that mother look and she said you know as, as your dad and me, we decided we needed to do something because we we're afraid you can really hurt yourself or somebody else. And I, I can remember that look on her face. But the next look is the one I really remember. I said, well, Mom, if I'm going to kill somebody, hell, I'm going to use this gun. <laughs> and you can just, I can just remember just seeing that look on her face, you know, those people. And, and it's like, but I get to thinking about drinking, and I forget all about that kind of stuff, you know, because my brain leaks. Little by little, I forget what I think. And, you know, I, I forget. I have the disease of alcoholism. And it means that once, the only trouble is with once we kind of think we get this thing, that little guy in the back of our head just keeps working that angle, just keeps working that angle, keeps working that angle. I got a, I got a new tractor here a few days ago. And it's got that GPS system on it, you know. It's got auto steer. It's, it's, it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> and, and, I, and, and we used, some of the guys are here that we was in this book study. We was in this book study last uh, Monday night. And we was talking about it. I mean, it works off, it, it's got a higher power, you know. It works off these satellite dishes and bing, 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 it's, it's sitting there telling it where to go. And the way it gets on course is by being off course, you know. You know, this one, it moves over here and this little signal comes back. So move over. And it moves over and then it goes over here. and it Move over. You know, it's, it keeps doing that all the time. I, I said, so, you know, it's kind of like us, except we don't get it, do we? And, 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 and you know, there's always a signal coming to us. You know, move over. You know, it's a quiet little deal. You just barely see it. It's not, you know, if you're not paying attention, you miss it. And I says, you know, and one of the guys says, one of the guys says, 
why can't we do that? And then the other guy says, because your instructor has no ego. <laughs> it was great. I just loved it. You know, there it is. No, my tractor is not self-will run riot like I am. It doesn't have an ego that's so afraid that if I admit it, I'm wrong, it's going to kill me or something. You know, and, and that's what I love about Alcoholics Anonymous. Little by little, coming here and doing what we were asked to do, working with other people, you know, trying to, trying to share experience, strength, and hope, trying to show other folks how it can be. You know, I live better because there are people watching me. I want to live better. And somehow that changes my whole perception of what I'm trying to do here. You know, I get, I get such a, the, you know, this thing is so fantastic. And they told me it was going to be like this, but, you know, if you went to a group like I did, you know, those guys are not all there, you know. But those people were telling me the deal. They were telling me the deal. They were telling me what would happen to me if I was to do the journey like they had done the journey. And I would find myself in the, in the fellowship that I had craved. And we don't know what that even looks like. I, you know, I, a friend of mine used to say, you know, if you think you got this thing, you don't. But on the other hand, the minute you think you don't have this thing, you may be getting close. Because at the time that I think that my life is upside down, you know, you know how we are. We don't get our way. We, somehow we have offended God and God's will. You know, it's like, oh my God, you know, God hates me again. You know, and, and it's, it's not. That's really, I don't think that's the way it works. I, I think that it's my, it's my opportunity to see how I get to live through this situation using the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, using a sponsor, using a home group, seeing if I can really begin to trust and rely upon a power greater than myself, see if I can receive the signal, you know. And, and little by little, I get, I get tuned in. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> my, my, my GPS system is busted most of the time, and i got to come in here and i got to have you guys tune me in. Little by little, that thing changes. So if you're new here tonight, and you're thinking you ain't getting it, you probably are. And if you're old here tonight and you think you got it, you might ought to pay attention to what's going on. <laughs> you know, if Alcoholics Anonymous has gotten dull, boring, and glum to you, and you've been here for a while, and you've worked the steps, and there's nothing new and nothing challenging in Alcoholics Anonymous, I suggest you pick up a new person and see the light bulb come on. And it may come on in you before it comes to the new person. But I'll guarantee you what, I don't know how in the world anybody can sit down with a new person and share this experience with a new person. And when that light bulb comes on, <laughs> I don't know how in the world yours can't come on. You know, it just happens. It happens. Every time I get to thinking, well, this is it. There's nothing new. Some goofball shows up and I get to learn something <laughs> new. You know. When the student's ready, the teacher appears. And, and here I thought, you know, when I first started sponsoring people, I thought, well, I'll, I'll become a sponsor and be somebody. Now i got to go find some new guy so I can be somebody. You know, I mean, it's totally t turned around. And, and, uh, and they just tune me in. They just keep tuning me in. So if you're, if you're new here tonight, i got to tell you, tonight I can see a lot of miracles. <laughs> Look at all the miracles. And if you're new here tonight, I learned something in Alcoholics Anonymous a while back. And it goes like this. Them that go to meetings stay sober. <laughs> and them that don't, don't. Thank you. <laughs>